0: Welcome back to Rammer Slammer Pro Wrestling Talk here in the Deep South. I am Ben Flanagan here with a brand new episode and joining me this week is our good friend Ben Stark up in Huntsville. And as we saw on Monday night, there has been a wrench thrown into the sort of pay-per-view plans of WWE. Obviously, the week before, we saw Shane McMahon return, and I know that people were anxiously awaiting to see how that narrative unfolded while he wasn't on the episode. The Undertaker was, and we can get into that segment in a minute. But what I'm referring to is what we saw from Triple H, the current world heavyweight champion of the WWE, and the fact that Roman Reigns is obviously taking a break, fake or not, And it was announced today, and you brought this to my attention, Stark, that the WWE will be hosting an impromptu WWE Network special pay-per-view called Roadblock on March 12th, which people obviously did not expect. Usually Fastlane leads to WrestleMania, and this is a new thing. And because, I guess, there have been some hurdles that have sort of reared their heads in terms of how the fans are reacting to Roman Reigns and Triple H. And obviously, Dean Ambrose, whose WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar has already been set in stone. We now have a new main event for this roadblock event that will be Triple H versus Dean Ambrose, which was set up very interestingly on Monday night. And so before we get into a little more detail about, how this was, or how this might go down and why it's going down, sort of set up for people, Stark, what happened on Monday night.
1: Right. So um, Dean Ambrose came out um, to confront Triple H. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, he came out to con- confront Triple H um, and uh, basically, uh, you know, asked for a title shot and. Triple H kind of you know drug it out throughout the show if he was going to give it to him or not, and uh, he ended up agreeing to it. and uh, And I, 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 you know, it, you'd think that maybe that would be a good thing to do on like Raw, you know, to pop a big rating or something like that. Um, but uh, no, I guess that they decided it's a big enough deal to, to make a special event around this this one match. Yeah, so why, why,
0: why? Because again, fast lane usually leads to WrestleMania, and and everybody knows what the main event is. And we saw what happened, how they set up that big match a couple of weeks ago, where where and Graham and I talked about it on on the last episode, where Triple H comes out and beats the ever loving hell out of Roman Reigns and, and quote unquote broke his nose and he has to have reconstructive surgery. Maybe he's doing that in Hawaii or somewhere very relaxing and and enjoying a vacation of sorts. But why why do you think this is necessary? I mean, we've talked a little bit about how Triple H, on the last episode especially, got cheers from the fans because he was beating up specifically Roman Reigns, whom the fans just just will not – will not respond to in the way that obviously Vince McMahon and the WWE want them to. So you mentioned before that this is obviously a tactic to get the kind of reaction from the fans towards triple H that they can't get when Roman Reigns is involved. So they use somebody like Dean Ambrose who has a favorable reaction from the fans. He's probably the most popular wrestler, full-time wrestler on the roster a good guy, especially going today. So, does this help Triple H? And, and, and why is this necessary?
1: Well, like you just said, I mean, think back to the 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 final two of the Royal Rumble, and that was Triple H and, and Dean Ambrose, and uh, that was, in my opinion, uh, a pretty well orchestrated way to um, you know hype people up for a potential Ambrose win, and then get you know get people to boo Triple H when he wins. Over Ambrose, because if it had been Roman Reigns at Triple H and uh, Triple H had, had thrown Roman out, uh, people would have maybe cheered. Um, and, and, you know, we, we got the confirmation of that whenever they had their first, you know, really physical altercation last week and everybody cheered for Roman Reigns. Uh, so, like you said, I think that this is a calculated effort to gain some heel heat on Triple H before WrestleMania. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, this special ends with, you know, maybe Triple H getting some help, or maybe not, but he just, like, destroying Ambrose, and Re- Reigns has to come out to help his buddy. Um, I think that they are, it seems to me, that the way that they've, based on the way that they've used Ambrose in the past, is that he is Roman Reigns' good buddy that they can use to to get some... Uh, get some cheers for Roman Reigns, and hope, hopefully some of that some of that shine will rub off on, on Roman Reigns, but that hasn't happened yet, um, and it doesn't help that, you know, basically the same thing happened to both guys last week. Uh, you know, Ambrose was attacked in a parking lot and thrown into a um, car uh, sent to the hospital by Brock Lesnar, who is in kayfabe turns most you know, uh, dangerous person in WWE. Um, And then that same day, Triple H, who is not an active wrestler, uh, theoretically, beat up Roman Reigns. But whereas Roman Reigns has been out for a week, more at this point, Dean Ambrose came back in the same day and drove an ambulance to the arena to take more punishment and then came back this week. So it's one of those things where it's confusing if they if they want to set up Roman as his ultimate hero because they keep they keep making him look pretty weak, um, especially in comparison to his little buddy, uh, you know that that his his version of Brutus the Barber Beast case. <laughs> Um So it's it's I, I think I understand their their plan, um, but I don't see it working very well because, they, like you mentioned, it's kind of weird that they throw a, yet another. You know, quote-unquote pay-per-view in there um, to muddy the waters. I'm of the mind that maybe there shouldn't be anything between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and then you just make sure that your TV shows are are super hot, but maybe they're wanting to drive some more traffic to the network or something. I I don't know. It's just it it is a weird thing, um, and I'm not sure, and part of me wonders, another part of me, you know, another part of me wonders, or wouldn't be surprised if Actually, if Ambrose won and, and they made the Brock Ambrose match a championship match and made Roman Reigns and Triple H more of a grudge match um, based on, you know, Roman's um, uh, reactions. If they cannot get people to cheer Roman over Triple H, then I don't know how, how they're going to pull off a successful main event where, you know, theoretically Roman Reigns wins and is the triumphant hero. Yeah, and it's obviously a pivot
0: of sorts, just for a few reasons. Some that you just mentioned there, uh, others that might include, like you said, to get the crowd to boo Triple H, which which is obviously what needs to happen if they really want to push Roman Reigns as the good guy in the face of the company. But maybe Triple H needs a match like this under his belt. I mean, I, he hasn't what wrestled since... I mean, you could count Royal Rumble, but that was all five minutes, and he was the 30th guy in the ring, and, and that's right. not your you know, typical match. Away. It's been since WrestleMania last year, right, when he took on Sting in that match. So maybe he feels like he needs uh, another marquee match under his belt to warm up
1: for WrestleMania. Yeah, but why not, why not a house show? You know, that's what those are yeah. for. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: That's true, and, and it's weird because you just brought this up. I mean, you mentioned that. All of this just, they failed to make Roman Reigns look good or tough. In fact, it's the opposite. He looks like a weakling, like a punk in the eyes of fans, in the eyes of perhaps the rest of the roster. And I think the same is kind of true for Dean Ambrose at this point, somebody who has been obviously a fan favorite for for a couple of years now and has has had a really good solo run, but he is over when it comes to main events, these pay-per-view main events. He, he is obviously a placeholder when guys like Seth Rollins and, and Daniel Bryan and, and Roman Reigns at this point, when they're out, they can count on Dean Ambrose to be the guy who subs and, and puts on a great show at these tweener pay-per-view main events. And he never wins them. <laughs> he's, he's fallen just short so many times. And, and let's be real, he's probably going to lose to Triple H. In yeah. in some way set up this WrestleMania man event, and he'll do his part again. But even with the Triple H thing and, the, and obviously the Brock confrontations, and, and you can't realistically tell a story with Brock Lesnar at this point because, as you mentioned, he's the most dangerous guy alive, or at least in the WWE, so who, who can really take on him? I mean, they've tried to convince us that Roman Reigns is that guy. Triple H has obviously been that guy in the past and and, and I I don't know, I think it's the right thing to do to tell the story as they have so far with Dean Ambrose, but he looks like such a colossal underdog in that match, and maybe that's smartly written. But even now with with Triple H, he he challenges Triple H, and and Triple H is able to counter with a kick to the groin and a pedigree that knocks out uh, Dean Ambrose. And so Dean Ambrose, once again, is no match for this part-timer so do you think that ambrose who uh, along with reigns is one of these full-timers who who is actively one of the faces of the company and and is singularly a a guy that the fans really like do you think that
1: like reigns he's being made to look pretty bad right now because i kind of do yeah i think everybody looks bad all the time um i don't (laughs) think there's anybody like literally and and it's Literally anybody, nobody on the active roster looks consistently good. Um, and, and that's there's no more uh, apparent than when you look at the last month or so of um, WWE programming in 2015, where you had essentially your top, you know, your biggest stars that were active on the roster um, were Sheamus, Roman Reigns, uh, and Dean Ambrose. And it was this—it uh, was this like window where John Cena was hurt, Randy Orton was hurt, Lesnar wasn't scheduled to come back yet, Triple H wasn't active, um, uh, and all their big stars were were out. And you know they had a chance there to just in a few weeks put together some some shows where these guys that you know might not be the most the most name uh, might not have the most name recognition. But um, they had the chance to make those guys look good and, and make them look strong against each other, make them look competitive. Um, but now you you get these these shows where, you know, Big Show beats Kevin Owens and then Kevin Owens beats Big Show and then Dolph Ziggler beats Kevin Owens and then Kevin Owens beats Dolph Ziggler and nobody's all that upset and or they're kind of pouty, but nobody's that good, nobody's dominant, nobody's really that bad either from a win-loss perspective, and it's just meaningless and it's just these people spinning their wheels and nothing really has any meaning until a part-timer comes along and then they expect it to be a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, I think that despite them wanting Reigns to be their next big guy, um, they don't... I mean, not to, not to always dwell in insider you know, chatter, but they just don't book him that way. They don't book anybody that way. Um, he gets beat up, and then eventually, for some reason, he gets a pin. He takes three chair shots, and then he gets a pin. <laughs> uh, and it's just it, it is it's baffling, and it's it's all it's also meaningless. And, um, and and I mean, there could be an argument that you know our truth and gold dust is as uh, as interesting or as important a storyline as Roman Reigns because. You know, if you look at their win-loss record, it's probably the same. They've probably lost and lost two or beaten the same guys in tag matches or whatever. It's just, it's just not – there's no, there's no um, moment-to-moment storytelling, and that affects the individual characters. And so, again, um, they've, they've written themselves in this corner where nobody looks that good, and then you need these part-timers to come in and, uh, and make everybody look good or make it seem like a big deal. Um, but, of course, you can't have them lose. So you've got part-timers going over all these guys that are there night in and night out. Well, that's the thing
0: is, is that it, it's it's all seemingly meant to make the part-timers look good instead of right. the guys who are on the roster year-round and are performing every week on TV and are, are you know, delivering great matches in these pay-per-views. And that's the, thing, that's the thing I don't understand about Dean Ambrose and how he is – fallen he's the latest victim to fall to Triple H here on on Monday night. Raw and, and maybe the two put on a great match and like you said, maybe Ambrose wins in a huge twist, which I, I don't think will happen.
1: But I think it, I think if that happens it'll be because Brock interferes knowing that if he if he costs Triple H the title then his WrestleMania match will be a title match. Uh, and then you then you have Dean going into WrestleMania as the champion that he feels like maybe he didn't earn it, and then to keep his championship he's got to beat this insurmountable, you know, bad guy. Yeah,
0: the um, the only other thing that crossed my mind in terms of again another pivot that they might take is you, you go back to WrestleMania 30, right? And they had to address the Daniel Bryan issue in in the fan response to what happened with Batista at the Royal Rumble, and they obviously listened that time and. and did something that was a huge crowd-pleasing moment and i wonder if they're considering the same thing in in terms of promoting dean ambrose to the primary narrative the way that they have leading up to wrestlemania I, i doubt it like the only thing i can think of where they might do something like that is if he loses to triple h but they create some condition where if he beats brock Lesnar. In the street fight, then maybe they'll turn the main event into a triple threat match, the way they huh, did. No way. The no
1: way. way, way. They did
0: WrestleMania 30? Because I mean,
1: yeah. they, they've got the, to i mean the fans
0: at some point, and everybody loves.
1: Dean but Ambrose. nobody cares about anything the way that fans cared about Daniel Bryan then. You know, nobody's. I mean, no, Ambrose. That's true. Is, he,
0: he's that, yeah, he's, he's kind of he's a phenomenon. Like he's a movement. Yeah.
1: Right, and, and yeah. Ambrose,
0: no matter how popular he is and how beloved he is right now, it's just sort of out of the roster they have right now, right? He's, their, he's the fans' favorite guy. No he's, no, he's no Daniel Bryan in that regard, and, and there certainly isn't any sort of, like, online movement or hype or petition to sort of get him more involved. And, and But I, I just think that he right now is, because of the limited options that fans have, he is that guy at the moment. And, again, it, it becomes – I don't think it's lesser of two evils because I think Dean Ambrose is great. And I think people acknowledge him as a real positive force on the roster right now. But it it sort of, I think, in in the the minds of WWE could be a lesser of two evils thing, right? Where they have to to pick one of these. Let's go with the ones that the fans hate the least. And I hope that's not the way that they look at it. But just based on how they've treated both of these full-time guys who are the top guys at this point, that's just kind of how it comes across. Yeah, and I mean
1: and it's just it's just weird that they have to they have to go to these uh you know contortionist acts to just to get a little bit of a little bit of positive uh reaction for their you know who they want to be their number one guy in in Roman Reigns. Um and I mean some of this comes down to Triple H too uh in that you know he he looked pretty cool at the Royal Rumble, you know? <laughs> uh, and then he looked pretty cool when he was, you know, getting cheers and he was doing crotch chops and uh, beating up Roman Reigns. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I feel like some of it could – they could be doing a little bit better of a job uh, making him, you know, truly the slimy, sniveling villain that he probably should be if, if they want people to cheer for him to lose the, lose the championship. Something tells me that's not going to happen. No, because the fan attitude right now is anybody
0: but Roman Reigns, even if that means Triple H. And and that leads me to sort of the larger question here. Uh, Sort of, uh, it's in a way to me, it's kind of an elephant in the room when it comes to WWE and and the way way it's going. And you know, maybe Shane McMahon will will swoop in and and take care of business, and and he'll become sort of a, a viable. Character once again, and people's attention will be focused on that. But Triple H is—I who kind of want to focus on right now because he's the champion. He'll be the main eventer and at Roadblock, and obviously at WrestleMania 32. <laughs> the which, main event of Roadblock. <laughs> well, it's a pay-per-view, you know, and and so, but he's he's the guy. Like he he is he's sort of the self-anointed guy at this point, and he he this is somebody who obviously. Arrived in the, the, the early to mid-2000s, and, and I think, you know, you saw the sort of snarky, sarcastic responses to him winning this year's Royal Rumble people saying, is, is this 2005? What's going on here? And I think even, you know, smart fans, in a way, feel the same way, even though they appreciate his career and, and what he has meant in ways to WWE and, and what he's doing with NXT and and really sort of laying the groundwork for the future of, the business in that regard, but at this point, Ben, and I think the big question is: Is Triple H bad for WWE? Like what he's doing, positioning himself in these main storylines as the authority figure, as natural wrestler, and that he is the champion and the guy who will headline WrestleMania once again in a way that fans might not think he really deserves to. At this point, is it because he feels the need to to do so? Because the, the WWE doesn't have as much to offer on the main roster when guys like Seth Rollins are hurt, when Daniel Bryan obviously is forced to retire, and John Cena won't be able to perform. Did he feel like he it was his responsibility to to juice up WrestleMania with his presence, or I mean, does this feel like something that fans really want, or should he just sort of stick to the quote unquote? Office job, right? Desk job, and and sit this out and let these new guys take over and become the faces the old-fashioned way. Do you think right now that Triple H is bad for the WWE product?
1: Yes, like you said on screen, um, I think that um, I think that any of the McMahon family is kind of bad. I mean, I'm I, except for I mean, I like the whole Shane development, and you know, I guess I, I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take a Vince McMahon promo every now and then. But, uh, no, I think that the problem there is Vince McMahon, um, in his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, always got his comeuppance. You know, he tinkled himself on TV and got hit in the head with a bedpan. And, you know, the bad stuff happened to Vince McMahon after he did bad things to other people. Um, But slowly that comeuppance kind of went away. I mean, there's the, uh, you know, Donald Trump shaved his head that one time. But there was also plenty of moments where it was just Vince McMahon making out with supermodels seemingly <laughs> and making people kiss his naked uh buttock uh, you know, with zero consequence seemingly. Um and I feel like that's kind of the direction that the whole authority thing has gone, uh, because there is no comeuppance. Um what's Triple H's comeuppance here? He's gonna lose the championship? Is that all that bad? You know, I mean that is that that's not humiliating. That's just that could, that happens to wrestlers every single night of, of a show, you know? Um, so if that's the only comeuppance that Triple H is going to get for all this evil stuff that he's done, then that's not very satisfying. Um, of course, he's also, you know, been in cahoots with his wife, and she's been doing all sorts of bad, evil stuff for years now, but she's <laughs> never gotten her comeuppance. Um, uh, of course, she, she shouldn't from a male, you know, in terms of the physical comeuppance, that should not happen.
0: Well, she um, kind of had a
1: little moment when Shane came back last week
0: where she was getting sure, presented was, this phony award
1: mildly embarrassed but look who's back on TV this week and you know the, again I, I, it's wrestling you know and <laughs> the, the payoff to a, a, a conflict needs to happen in the ring um, and so I mean I think I think an easy way I think first of all I think they've planted the seeds nicely to maybe end the whole authority thing for at least a little while um, with the, with the whole Shane McMahon Story, which is intriguing, and I, I like that. Um, but I do think that there needs to be there needs to be a comeuppance, and I think that if, if we could just see that in sight, I think we would be it would be easier to tolerate Triple H uh, in a in a active role. But because I don't think any of us see an end in sight there, and probably just an increased um, role, and and that's that's tough because the only good thing is that Triple H can still wrestle. You know, he had a decent match with sting last year and he had a great match with daniel bryan a few years ago and i think you know i think he can get roman reigns through a a pretty solid match if not a great match even um so that that's the silver lining here is that at least it it will result in maybe some good ring work but at the same time it's like you know like you said he's he's the only recognizable face they have left but that's because he's the only recognizable face they have left. You know what I'm saying? Like they they rely on guys like him so much to to sell events and and everything else that they're not they're not building any new stars and they're actually feeding their new stars to him by having him destroy people again. Like you said, despite not having wrestled in like a year. I mean, that's I think that's probably one of the most egregious things about it is that he like. I know he had a weapon, but he single-handedly took out, you know, two of the biggest superstars. And, and without stepping in the ring, he's all of a sudden this, you know, this monster. And uh, that's that's frustrating. And that's only the, that's the kind of thing you get when you're in charge of the show. I feel like, you know, but yeah, the kind of thing where if it's like, well, I guess I'm back in the corner. I guess I got to go out there and wrestle. Well, I guess since I'm out here. You know I guess I gotta make myself look pretty good because I gotta make the guys that I'm gonna lose to eventually look good and it's just this perpetuating thing that with with triple h especially it, it is is a there's a long track record of him you know looking good over guys and then you know delaying the payoff for so long that eventually the payoff doesn't happen. There's something that's referred to as the reign of terror where triple h basically was um Plow through all of these opponents um, like Booker T and, and Kevin Nash and Goldberg and, and Chris Benoit, Law and, and Shawn Michaels in the early 2000s and, and, and he, he never got his comeuppance. He, really, he literally always came out on top somehow and um, it, it's, it, it, could, it seems like it could so easily happen again now because now he has an even better excuse to be on top because they have no other stars. Yeah, the
0: the Booker T thing in particular is is the biggest yeah, rough. like what the F
1: moment. Yeah, and
0: yeah, that's just bad storytelling. Yeah, so it it makes you wonder like why did they go the way of giving Daniel Bryan the the win over over Triple H at, at WrestleMania 30? And the answer is you know obvious in that I mean it was just such a huge moment for the fans and for Daniel Bryan obviously it was such a hot commodity so it made sense. Business wise, but I mean, go back to WrestleMania 31 with the whole Sting thing. I mean, Ooh, at yeah. what at what point did anybody ever think Sting was going to beat Triple H in that match in this in this renewed WCW versus WWE rivalry? I mean, it just kind of became a foregone conclusion. And, and honestly, that that should be his nickname, not like the Cerebral Assassin. It's the foregone conclusion. I mean, <laughs> he's going to win. He's going to look good. I'm reminded of that CM Punk that famous CM Punk podcast, was it with the Colt Cabana that he did uh, not too long ago where he tells the story about about Roman Reigns and and how he was just implored by everyone within the the WWE to make Roman Reigns look great and make him look really strong. So the push was obviously – it obviously really started a a while back. And I I guess the rule of thumb is do that unless – he's up against Triple H because right. when he goes up against Triple H, we have to make him look terrible and, and like, again, like a weakling. And, and like he has no shot against this legend of, of pro wrestling. And, and it just, it's, it's really curious. And the way he came out there and just totally dismantled him after taking a few blows, to be fair, and a Superman punch that really knocked him off his feet, but he still beat him up, bloodied yeah. him, you know, put him put him out of action for a while and then he comes back two weeks later and does it to the guy next in line who fans really love. And, and, and it just makes no sense other than this is all just designed to make triple H look great, to to extend his legacy and, and make sure fans understand how important he is to the business. And, and I, you know, I don't know that everybody necessarily thinks that, and there are a lot of people cheering for him to do that. and I, I can't decide if they're cheering because they love Triple H or because he was doing that specifically to Roman Reigns. And I don't think that's a healthy blurred line. Well, it's
1: crazy because what they're, you know, if, if that's their decision is if that's, Hey, this is Triple H and we got to tell everybody that he's a big deal and we'll show everybody that he's, we'll not only tell everybody, but we're also going to show everybody by having him just beat up people. Um, and if that's not true, if people don't really think that and it's just working because if that's the way they're telling the story, then that's ridiculous because that's exactly what they should be doing with their other stars. You know, if, if Roman Reigns, you know, acted like Triple H has acted for the last two weeks, he would be getting cheers like that, you know? If he went out and just beat people up and won and was good at his job, which is to be a pro wrestler that wins – then people would like him, and that's why I think that's why people are cheering Triple H, is because he looks like a cool guy that that wins and, and comes out on top, and that's it, it works for Hulk Hogan, you know, for whatever ten years where he just he he said how great he was, and then he got into a match and it looked kind of bad for a second, and then he turned it around and won. It worked for John Cena, it worked for Stone Cold Steve Austin, but now they've got this weird Roman Reigns thing where he's got he's got to be this underdog. Um, against the guy that is like better than him, you know. It's like that's the way that they're telling the story, and uh, it's it's very strange. And again, it's hard to it's hard to get that idea out of your mind once it's there. Which is, well, the guy that looks coolest is the guy writing the show. So, you know, there you go.
0: Well, that, just going back to what you said about Vince McMahon, how he was willing to humiliate himself week after week on on Raw and in these pay-per-views. And, and he was just, you know, because he's an incredible performer and actor, maybe Triple H isn't as gifted in that regard. Well, and, no, because... He doesn't have the versatility that Vince McMahon have, or maybe it's just he doesn't have the somehow, somehow
1: doesn't have the humility that Vince <laughs> McMahon does. Yeah, he doesn't have that Vince humility. Um, <laughs> well, no, I think that... Uh, I mean, he, I think he's capable of doing it because look at, again, you mentioned WrestleMania 30 where he had a great match with Daniel Bryan and lost and then came out in the main event and got humiliated by Daniel Bryan um, while his two boys lost. And then the the following two months he was wrapped up in a feud with evolution against the shield, which was a great feud and made the shield look amazing. Um, It kicked off Seth Rollins whole, you know, singles career and, and, uh, you know, Evolution looked like guys that were, that were legit, but were getting beat by these young guys, and it was taking it was them off. Um, so he was totally capable of, of losing and, and of looking like he's being humbled by, by these guys when he was motivated to. Of course, he did end up winning that feud um, <laughs> by getting Seth Rollins on his, uh, on his side, and then Roman Reigns and DM Rose suffered in the mid-card to basically to this very day. So maybe that's a bad example. But for a few months there, he looked, he looked kind of like he was getting his comeuppance before he figured out a way to get the win in the end. Well, that's the, going back to the Sting thing, too. That's the same
0: thing that happened, right? It's like yeah. Sting has returned. Sting is Sting, the dark hero, right, who, who rises yeah. against the authority, and everybody yeah. thinks that he's building this momentum, and Sting's going to finally have his big moment in WWE. Basically, just to lose to Triple H and just remind people how great he is and how great WWE. Well, but in is that case, he was
1: Triple H was defending the honor of WWE against right. WCW, which is such a tremendous threat um, to them these days. <laughs> yeah that that was a that was a debacle. The whole thing.
0: Yeah, it didn't work out. And, and what's weird, you mentioned Cena. Honestly, I think Cena is probably. Strangely, especially like in the eyes of fans, going to be the guy who sort of saves Roman Reigns at some point if they don't yeah. figure something out, because I mean, Cena, like I'm on. I think a lot of fans would acknowledge this. He is, is again, he's, he's divisive, uh, but he has such a love-hate relationship, but people will acknowledge like the pivotal role he has played in, in really bolstering the careers of other people namely somebody like Kevin Owens recently yep. who saw a meteoric rise within the company. And that all started with his debut against John Cena. And, and now Kevin Owens is one of my favorite guys. I know one of yours and, and a guy who I think will be at the top of the card pretty soon. And I hope that's the case. I, I think they need to bring Cena back, a divisive guy like him. He needs to have a rivalry with Roman Reigns. And I think because of of the divisive nature of his relationship that he has with fans, I think he's the only guy that will help Roman Reigns one way or the other. And, I, you know, the other the other tactic I think that there is, the other play is to make Roman Reigns a bad guy. And whether that's against yep. John Cena or against uh, another really well-liked person like Dean Ambrose, I don't know. But right now I can tell you that Triple H isn't the right guy to help People like or pretty much like Roman Reigns. I think no matter what, they're going to dislike him even more no matter what happens at WrestleMania.
1: I think it's funny because I agree that once, you know, it, it would be very easy to turn Roman Reigns' heel and get a big reaction. But when they're going to do that, they're going to have to book him like a really badass guy that beats people up the way that Triple H is. And I predict that within two weeks, people will start cheering Roman Reigns and then the company won't know what to do. (laughs) <laughs> because they'll have invested, you know, in this brand new top heel, um, and but he's going to be getting, you know, hero chance. So uh, they've kind of, again, they've kind of booked themselves in the corner. Um, but I feel like you, you could still, you could still save it. I, I, I totally think that if if you can get Triple H to be a little bit more uh, of a sniveling coward in these next few weeks, maybe he avoids Dean Ambrose leading in and then cheats to win over Ambrose, and then you have. Rains come back and just destroy people. Like come back in the middle of like, uh, you know, a mismatch and just start punching people and say that he wants to, he wants to fight Triple H right then and right there. You know, if you just let him be this big angry dude that that wins and is is motivated and isn't smiling all the time. I think I think you're going to get the reaction you want at WrestleMania, and uh, but that, that's what he was though, late. In, in like
0: in 2014. Like once the Shield had broken and they all kind of went off and did their own singles thing, Roman Reigns was part of that sort of top card of, of the next wave of, of these are the guys, and people really liked him and, and responded to him favorably. It was it
1: was not until that Royal Rumble
0: when people yeah. just fervently turned he on got him. him.
1: He got the blue contacts. He started smiling. He started, yeah. you know, giving these promos that were real jokey and it, it's tater tots, the tater tots and and um, uh, yeah, all that stuff. I think he said suffer and suck-a-tash at one point in a in a promo. <laughs> um, it, it's it's stuff like that where it's like you, it's like they're taking every single good guy that they've ever had, well, you know, every single hero that they've ever had, and dumping dumping all the little pieces into one character. You know, he's a little bit Hulk Hogan. He's a lot John Cena. He's a little bit Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a little bit Daniel Bryan. And they're just throwing it all together and hoping. And he's a little bit Shawn Michaels because he smirks and smiles and flips his hair. And, and they're hoping that he can just be this, like, best of everything. And instead of just letting him be himself, who by all, you know, by all accounts is he's a, pretty, he's a pretty compelling guy. He's a pretty cocky guy. And if you let him be himself, he'll probably be a natural bad guy in the same way that somebody like The Rock was without those, you know, without the skill on the microphone. But, um, I feel like that they just need to let him go and then let him do his thing. And if that means he's a bad guy for a while, I think that'll that'll work because I think he's very talented. And like you said, he, he, he was a standout in The Shield. You know, his intensity and his, the way that you know he would he would hit the ring when it was his time to hit the ring, it was all there. You can see why they considered him a star. Um and like that singles run, he, he got he got a lot of I mean, he was basically a singles guy, well not really, but he had like a really dominant showing in the Royal Rumble the year that Batista won. Um and people loved it. Right, he like um, eliminated the most ever at Royal Rumble right. or whatever. Exactly. And so, he, he, I can again, I can see why they're, what they're doing, I can see why they're doing it, but they, the way they're doing it, it's like they, they're so anxious to have another star that they're trying to throw them in the laboratory and, and throw every ingredient in to, to make it happen. And they're not just letting it happen organically, which is how, like you mentioned, it was happening until they, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess they, they lost confidence in, in that process. And now they're recruiting whoever they can to make it work, and and whoever they can happens to think that he's pretty awesome himself.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and and just to to finish up with the the Triple H thing, I mean, this is a guy who is clearly a very talented in-ring performer. He's good on the mic. He has presence. But I just think that it has rubbed people the wrong way for the most part, especially now. And, I mean, he – he was really in good favor with fans there for a while, and he was kind of the face of the company. And he was a champion and, again, a main eventer back then during his prime, and that's, that's all well and good. I, I just think that he, he's also had these caveats that have been attached to any sort of, like, good vibes or momentum that he's had throughout his career. Obviously, he's he's gotten in trouble with Vince before, going back to the, the, the click thing, the, the, the click farewell thing that – cost him king of the ring and, and obviously he was humiliated at WrestleMania 12 against the uh, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior and then you have, you know, obviously the perception people have of of him marrying into the McMahon family and, and sort of grabbing grabbing the brass ring, right, uh, that way and, and you know, it, it, it just and I even go back to something like the the Hitman Heart, the Wrestling in Shadows documentary, right, when the screw job happens and they're backstage and Bret Hart's wife is like zeroing in on Triple H backstage. He's like staring at the ground and, you know, reassuring her, I had no idea that this was going to happen. And to, to many, he just looks bad. He just looks, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't come across as a very likable figure perhaps in real life, although that's probably been gaunt at this point with, in terms of his work that he's doing with NXT and how he's been propping up this, you know, this, this training ground and the next wave of the WWE future, but certainly in character. And, and while people cheered him the other day, again, I don't think it has as much to do with Triple H, no matter how much charisma he still has as a performer as it does with how
1: negatively people still feel about the trajectory of Roman Reigns. Yeah, and again, and people just like to see, people cheer Brock Lesnar for the same reason. He just whoops up on people. Um, yeah I agree. I think well I think Triple H is like one of the most fascinating figures in pro wrestling because he had the benefit of never going away. you know he's been there he's like the u two of wrestling you know it's like at one point he was legitimately awesome. like if you look at any of his work in two thousand, whether that was him proving himself because he knew he had the spotlight on him for for marrying the boss's daughter, dating her or whatever he he was putting in excellent work and he was probably the best wrestler in the world at that point. And he had some, he's had some hot points since then, but he basically, we can't get sick of Triple H. You know, he's, he's wedded, he's literally married to the company and he's not going anywhere. Um, and so it, it just gets old after well, a while. Is
0: he, is he the U2 or whatever, the, the sort of con- consistent presence that, that, people have mostly liked for, for, you know, during his whole career span and, and has been just sort of this constant that has been a positive force. or is he the sort of jock has-been hanger-on who won't go away and won't let the, the natural evolution happen where guys like Roman Reigns and guys like Seth Rollins and, and these other folks who are the future of the company, he won't let them – Evolve in a way that might
1: benefit the company. Is he that, or is he that? You two example. I mean, if you're going by Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, no, he's not that. He's he's doing the right thing. If you're going uh, by Sting at WrestleMania 31, he is. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see to make that final call uh, to see how that Roman Reigns match goes down um, at WrestleMania. Well, most people think he's probably going to lose that main event, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean that that would be the that would be the I guess, typical storytelling there.
0: But it's all going to depend on, again, how how they build it up because, once again, fans might not be ready for Roman Reigns' big WrestleMania moment as they weren't last year. And, and if, if, if it's not there yet and, and they give the belt to, to Roman Reigns, I think you're going to see a very similar response to what you saw in Philadelphia at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. They've got a lot of
1: work to do. Yep, and it could it could be that day Vince decides it's not his moment and we get another WrestleMania with Triple H standing victorious at the end. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. I mean, what are we thinking here, predicting otherwise?
0: All right, yep. Ben, thanks for talking this out with me, man. Of course, thank you. All right, Ben Stark up in Huntsville. Follow him at Wonder Mill Films on Twitter and thanks everybody for listening. Coming up on Rammer Slammer next week. I think we've got a very special episode plan for you an interview with somebody that you might not expect out there who is forever going to be part of pro wrestling lore we'll surprise you with who that guest is next week Rammer Slammer is produced and edited by Ben and for the Alabama Media Group on AL.com find Rammer Slammer on iTunes catch us on Twitter at Rammer Slammer thanks for listening